I think I've seen those like at the Circle K's. Are those the donut sticks that are two to a pack? Yeah, Little Debbie, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? In honor of you and your run and, f- and for why you're doing it, I'm going to have donut sticks this week. Hello, I'm Scott Oltoff from Champaign, Illinois. I'll be running the Black Hills Ultra Marathon this summer. Hey, it's Steve, and thanks for joining me. Saturday was a beautiful day in East Central Illinois, and I got to do some biking with my friend Paul. Hello, Paul. And about halfway through our recovery beers at Bunny's in Urbana, I realized that Saturday, May 1st, would have been Illinois Marathon Day. And so it's fitting that this week's episode is about running, but not marathon miles, ultra marathon miles. What defines an ultra marathon anyway? We're going to find out from Scott Oltoff. Speaking of the Illinois Marathon, I spoke with race co-director Jan Seeley back on show 7496. If you'd like to know the tentative plans for this fall and then next spring, you should check it out. 7496 with Jan Seeley. And if you get the newsletter, I have a link to a story about running in cemeteries. Is it disrespectful? Now, here's my thing. As long as you're on your best behavior and you're just passing through, I don't know, maybe you take a break in a shady spot. I don't see why it's a problem. But If you're answering nature's call behind some old oak tree next to Mr. and Mrs. Harrison's family plot, well, that's obviously disrespectful. If you're not getting the newsletter, sign up at Holstein.co. That's Holstein.co. It's free and not only includes things that interest me, but also links to things mentioned here in the podcast. And speaking of the podcast, it is time to lace up our shoes and hit the road with Scott Oltoff. Scott, thanks for joining me, first of all. You bet. You bet. Thanks for squeezing me in in between your training. Yeah, you got it. Um, I have run one marathon. I did Chicago many, many years ago. I've run a number of half marathons. The training is really the difficult part because you're a busy father and businessman, um, and finding the time is the most difficult part, I found. Absolutely, Steve. Um, I found that to not interrupt family time, you just have to start early. So when I'm running these you know, four to five hour runs. I'm starting at three thirty, four a.m. just so I don't interrupt family time or work time. Because you're right, it's a big commitment. It's like having a part time job when you're training for an ultra marathon. Um, weekend runs can be four to six hours at a time, and so if you don't want to interrupt your regular work day or or family time, family time, you got to start early. Okay, so when you told your wife, "I'm going to run an ultra marathon." Uh, what was her reaction? Because certainly it went through her mind, oh, he's going to be gone for hours on end. Well, I think she knows I'm kind of crazy already. So the <laughs> 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 first ultra marathon I ran was the Comrades uh, Ultra Marathon in uh, South Africa in 2013. And when I first trained for it, uh, you know, I had other friends I was running with. So I don't think she, I don't think it phases her anymore that I'm up early to run these, these training runs anymore. Um, other people think I'm crazy. But uh, my wife doesn't doesn't really phase her anymore. She's still sleeping, so I'll get done. You know, I'll get done with my training run. She'll just be getting up. So <laughs> that's the way it works. Yeah, and that's what you have to do if you have if you have a job and and you have a life and you have a spouse. Then uh, then yeah, you have to. Um, so this is not your first ultra. First of all, let's talk about this particular ultra. Define an ultra marathon first. Ultra marathon is any uh, race distance beyond 26.2. So it can be a uh, 31 mile, which is a 50 K can be hundred mile race, 200 mile race. Anything more than 26.2 is considered ultra marathon. 
Okay. So I've did I did the Chicago at twenty six point two. So if I decide to train and do twenty seven, you'd be like, Oh yeah, Steve, welcome to the ultra marathon club. Hey, it counts. It counts. <laughs> if they have a twenty seven mile race, it counts as an ultra marathon. I don't think that would be the same. Tell me how long this uh, this black you said that's the Black Hills, what is it called? The Black Hills Ultra Marathon. It's in uh, South Dakota, near the obviously in the Black Hills. <laughs> we fly into Rapid City. I think we end in um, Sturgis is where the race ends. So, yeah, it'll be a fun race uh, running to the Black Hills, beautiful area of the country. Looking forward to it. Okay. How many miles will this be? 52 and a half. So it is a, a half there. And I, I'm, I'm not overly fast. I'm just persistent and I don't stop. So I'm like, I'm like the turtle winning the race. I just keep going. I can run a long distance without stopping at a very slow, easy pace. Whenever somebody says... Uh, you know, I'm just a slow, easy pace. It's always, it always feels like they're making a little bit of an excuse and it's like, no, 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 no. You're getting ready to run over 50 miles. You're good. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now this is, so this won't be your first. How many, how many, this, how many will this be? I've probably done a, over half a dozen ultra marathons from, I've done three or four or 50 Ks, done the, uh, comrades, uh, marathon in, uh, uh, South Africa in 2013. And so I've been doing about one per year, once every other year, um, yeah, both trail and road races as well. And will this be the longest distance, this this 52-miler, or have you done something longer? Uh, the longest trail uh, race, this will be the longest trail race. The Comrades Ultramarathon is fi- between 52 and 54 miles, depending on if you do the up year or down year. Uh, but that's all on road, which is a lot harder on your your legs and your feet and things like that. Oh, so the road is harder. It's, it's you know, flat, smooth. Maybe there's some hills, but it's smooth and consistent. But the trail is, is, is easier, even though there's bumps and rocks and things you have to watch out for. It's softer. It's softer, softer surface, easier on your joints, things like that. It's not easier from a um, effort standpoint because, they you know, climbing hills and going down hills and tripping over uh, tree branches and things like that are all hazards you got to watch out for, but easier on your joints and things like that. So why uh, the ultra? I mean, did you run a full marathon and say, well, I, I accomplished that and now it's time? Or did you wake up one day and, and go from 5K to ultra? You know, you found some running buddies and said, let's do an ultra. I went from a half marathon to running a, a marathon. And then I got involved with a uh, organization called World Vision or Team World Vision. Mm-hmm. And so i really believe in global poverty, relieving global poverty around the world. And World Vision does a really good job of doing that. And that's why I'm running the the Black Hills Ultra Marathon. I'm trying to find people to sponsor kids all around the world. Right now, we're, we're, we're concentrating on Honduras. And so I'm doing it to raise awareness for global poverty. You know, With the pandemic that's gone on, it's really set global poverty initiatives back over 10 years. And so it really, really important thing to consider is why I'm doing it is to just raise awareness for global poverty and to find sponsors for these kids in Honduras right now. Okay. So the last time you ran an ultra was when? It was probably three years ago, the North Face Endurance up in Wisconsin, 50K. But I've been running, you know, one to two marathons, a spring and fall marathon for a number of years. That's pretty consistent. And so I, you know, I, what I don't understand people that run a marathon and just quit running, you, you, you're in shape. Why would you stop? <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so I've never stopped. I've just kept going. You know, I do um, run at least three to four days a week, no matter what. And that's been key during this pandemic thing we've had. I didn't have to stop going to the gym. <laughs> no one stopped me from running outside. So it's been key. And I've been picked up my training. I was supposed to go actually to Comrades to South Africa and run this Comrades marathon both this year and uh, last year and this year, but because of the pandemic, 
we moved it to the uh, uh, South Dakota with the Black Hills Ultra Marathon instead. That's great. So you're saying we, do you run with people? With Team World Vision. So uh, we have a group of World Vision that I train with virtually. They have uh, people all over the country. We're training together for this Black Hills Ultra Marathon. It's probably about 30 of us. And we'll all meet in South Dakota in June and run this race together. So who, who, who motivates you locally? I mean, you've got 30 runners that you're meeting up with from all over the country to do this. But locally, man, when you're running long distances, it really helps to have somebody to train with. Well, I have several people that I rely on for training. Um, my good friend Ron Herman is the most consistent runner I've ever met. Ron runs no matter what, below zero, minus 30 windshields to hot to thunderstorms. He runs no matter what, three days a week. I know he's always going to be there. So I know I got three days, no matter what, Ron will be there. Then I have other friends that want to also train for marathons, half marathons. So like this weekend, I'll be running a 26 and a 20, 20 mile training run back to back. Well, I will probably join them for part of their run. So I'll, if I have to run 26, I'll run 13 with them, but then 13 on my own. So it just kind of breaks up the run. And you kind of rely on others just to motivate you to make sure you get out, uh, get out there on time to start. Because once you, once once you get going, I'm fine. But sometimes it's hard to get up early at 3 a.m. to go out and run, especially when in the wintertime when it's cold. Yeah, yeah. Well, as somebody who you know had to wake up at 3:30 for years to do a radio show, I can tell you it's uh, it's not yeah. easy. I mean, after a while, I found my groove. I will say the difference is I didn't have to strap on running shoes and go out in 25 degree weather to prepare. So yeah. your job, uh, yeah. definitely harder there. So you, you were talking about over the weekend doing two really long runs. I remember as a, in my marathon training, again, I only did one, but I remember getting up to at maybe 22 miles as was my long run. There's different training plans. Sure. So when you're doing an ultra marathon, you kind of have to work your way up to doing a couple of marathons back to back and then your body will just remember that. Yeah. So from the, you know, this weekend, the first of May through the end of May, I'll be running back to back marathons Friday and Saturday or Saturday, Sunday for the next four weekends. So uh, it's, it's quite a, quite a journey to get to this point. And you know, I've been training, increasing my training uh, since last fall. So working up to this point, getting your body ready. So yeah, so the next four weeks are going to be the hardest part of the training. So when you're running um, a full marathon on a Saturday, you know, you've got another almost full marathon the following day. How are you fueling yourself before you leave and during the run? Uh, before the run, I always have a bowl of oatmeal. It seems to, to fit well with the uh, digestion and it lasts longer. And then during the rate, during the training run, I have uh, some different gels I'll stop at gas stations for donut sticks, <laughs> yeah. Snickers bars, uh, Gatorade. It's one nice about being in town here. I can stop. You can kind of navigate your route through different gas stations. You know where they are and you can stop. So, you know, probably every five to eight miles we're stopping, refueling, things like that. So, yeah, it's how you do it. It's a little bit at a time. Well, and when you're when you're running a marathon, there are gel stops and there's fruit along the way. And I imagine when you're running an ultra, they they, they probably have almost a full buffet for you if you really wanted it. Yeah. For the Black Hills, they have an aid station about every seven to eight miles. So about every hour, hour, 15 minutes, hour and a half, you have somewhere where you can stop and refuel. The, you know, ultras are notorious for having a lot of Mountain Dew, Pepsi, M&Ms, crackers, all kinds of junk food for you. <laughs> but but if you run 20 miles, this stuff tastes great. Tell you what, I, I ran with a friend of mine and we stopped and got some donut sticks. He thought they were the best thing he's ever had. This is after we run 20 miles, of course. So that, that instant sugar just tasted great after 20 miles. <laughs> I think I've seen those like at the Circle Case. Are those the donut sticks that are two to a pack? Yeah, Little Debbie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I haven't had one in probably ever for a long time. So now, you know what? In honor of you and your run. Uh, and f- and for why you're doing it, I'm going to have donut sticks this week. So you you brought up that you will use like uh, you know convenience stores and stuff for food stops and bathroom stops. Do you have? Because it's got to be hard to map out 26 miles around Champaign. So what is a typical route for you in Champaign and Urbana? Um, usually on the weekends, I have a friend of mine that lives in Stone Creek, and we we'll start at his house and do like a, a 10 to 15 mile loop, and then went up at his house. And so within that 10 to 15 mile loop. I'll know where the gas stations are spread across uh, Champagne, And um, because I've done a long enough run in town for over 15 years, I kind of know distances, estimate distances. So I know where, when I can stop and uh, where the gas stations are. You know, I love running up down Green Street because there's more people. And so you got a green, you got a nice gas station on Green and First and also on Lincoln and Green. So those are always available. I know those are and about how, how what distance I knew need to get back to uh, um, Easter Urbana as well. Okay, so let's talk about gear. When you're running, do you use a GPS watch or an Apple watch or something like that? Um, what, what about running shoes? Just talk to me in general, uh, Scott, about the gear that you that you have liked to run with long distances. Yeah, I, I use mostly Hoka running shoes. I've used them for about a dozen, uh, 10 years or so. Uh, they found they found they work really well for me. Keep my plantar fasciitis at bay. They're very cushioned. I'm a you know kind of a, a heavier runner, not really light on my feet, so I need a lot of cushion. <laughs> uh, for um, so running shoes, I replace every 400 miles. So I use the app called Strava. It keeps track of the miles on each pair of shoes. And so when I get about 350 miles on a pair of shoes, I'll go ahead and order a new pair of shoes. And uh, either through Body and Soul or online, wherever the the best price would be, I guess, and uh, order a pair of shoes and and go about 400 miles in a pair. I've heard that. I've heard uh, the number I hear often is 500. But can you can your body tell when your shoes are beginning to wear out? If you if you go uh, and you know forget to order at 350 miles and and the shoes start getting close to 400, can you tell? My knees start acting up. I'm going to get more than 400 miles in a pair of shoes. I just, I don't even try anymore. I just automatically get a new pair when 400 miles hits. And it's not worth trying to get injured, uh, stretching a pair of shoes another 100 miles. Uh, it takes too long to come back from injury. So to me, it's not worth the, you know, a little bit of savings I might realize. Uh, because, you know, paying for rehabilitation is a lot more expensive than paying for another pair of shoes. <laughs> it all starts with the running shoes. And I will say, and you, you could p- probably uh, attest to this as well, the easiest way to begin running is just to put on some sort of semi-comfortable running shoe, no matter how old it is, and just start hitting the pavement. And then you can worry about equipment later. But at your level, the equipment really does matter. Right, it does. What about uh, what about gadgets? Do you rely on any gadgets? You said the Strava app. I've heard of that, um, so that helps. I'm assuming that goes on your watch of some sort. Yeah, m- most days I'm running with Apple Watch. I want to go off road to trails. I also have a, a GPS watch. Uh, the Apple Watch uh, probably only lasts about four to six hours, but when you're on a trail and it loses connection, it'll run out of battery in three to four hours. So right now I also have a GPS watch that will last about 24 hours. Okay. Uh, I like using the Apple Watch because, you know, people can keep me connected. I can actually, if I get bored, I wear my headphones and call people on the run, <laughs> um, you know, clients or family just just to kill the time because you know i'm talking when i'm running anyway so why not use the time to be more productive um so yeah so both a gps and an apple watch and it, they both connect with strava and download the runs and uh things like that let's talk about food when you're not training so you've you've run along 
a couple of weekend runs like this weekend, uh, this past weekend, basically back to back marathons. How are you fueling yourself throughout the week? Do you not worry about it because you know that you're going to kill thousands of calories or do you like focus on vegetables or proteins? What do you, what's your diet look like? When I'm running the big long runs a weekend, I don't worry about too much when I'm eating those two days. I'm running those 20 plus miles. Uh, during the week, I try to be pretty strict what I'm eating because I got to keep, I have to maintain my weight at a, a reasonable level and I can out eat any training program. I found that over the years, uh, I eat a lot of protein in the morning and then kind of taper off my eating uh, through the evening hours, uh, try to maintain and, and even lose a little bit of weight as we head toward the race day. Cause every pound over 52 miles makes a big difference. And if I can come in the ra- the race lean, that's just going to help me feel better and finish stronger. I always found that to be an interesting and challenging balance when I was training for longer runs. And I'm just talking about even just like half marathons where you're you're really, really hungry and you know, you just want to down a big thing of pasta, but at the same time, you know that by shaving five pounds off, you can feel that when you're running. You can you can feel that that five pound difference. Absolutely can. And, you know, I always struggle with my weight between uh, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, <laughs> gaining five to seven pounds. And so by January 1, I feel the extra weight. And uh, it's amazing when you lose the extra weight, uh, what a difference it can make, especially these longer runs, your joints and everything just feel better at not having extra weight on. And it's better for my body and better for keeping injuries away as well if I keep my weight down. So during the week when I'm just doing, you know, 10k runs i'm watching my diet pretty uh, i'm watching pretty closely make sure i'm not overeating because again i can out eat any running program <laughs> <laughs> if you were to hold a seminar somebody asked you to come speak about uh, uh starting a running program what would you tell what would be the first thing that you would tell new runners new runners i would say start slow so i would uh if you wanted to run like a marathon, I would first start 5K and a half marathon first. So when I first started, I, I first did a half marathon and then I jumped to the marathon uh, six months later. So you just don't want to jump in and say, I want to run. Uh, if you can start training in May, I want to run a marathon in August. I would say if you want to run a marathon, maybe shoot for late fall, uh, October, November. Give your body six months, six to nine months to ramp up to that pace and that distance, uh, because it can take a toll. And if you don't do it gradually, um, you're going to get hurt and it takes a while to, to get those injuries fixed. And then you have a bad experience. You may not want to run again. So take it slowly, start with a 5k, 10k half marathon. Once you've done a half marathon and you're running uh, 30 to 40 miles a week, you can probably step up a little more and, and actually complete a marathon. But I would give yourself six to nine months of consistent training time before you do that first marathon. Um, and the other question I have before I let you go, um, second on your list of gas station energy foods after the donut sticks? <laughs> Green apple Gatorade. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Believe it or not, that, that green apple Gatorade, check it out. This stuff is so sweet. It's just amazing. <laughs> After you run like 15, 20 miles, it, t- it tastes like you're eating a, a green apple watermelon, <laughs> but you're drinking it. <laughs> That's great. Scott, again, uh, when are you running uh, this uh, this Black Hills Ultra Marathon? So it's Saturday, June 26th. The race begins at 6 a.m. I have until 8 p.m. to finish. I don't expect to finish really early. I expect to get out, enjoy uh, the Black Hills, take lots of pictures with my phone and just have a fun time. Great. And is that something that we'd be able to track online? Are they doing that? Yeah, you can go to the Black Hills Ultra uh, website. I'm sure you can find a way to track runners. 
Uh, everyone runs with a bib and a running chip. So you'll be able to find out where we're at. And then I'll be posting photos on Facebook as well uh, throughout the weekend. And uh, again, we're doing it for global poverty. So if you you know interested in that, look me up on Facebook. I'm glad to set you up with a, a kid from Honduras from uh, to reach out to. To um, you know, we we sponsor six kids to World Vision. I'm very big believer in what they do. I visited World Vision sites uh, both in Kenya and South Africa. They do great work to alleviate global poverty. That's great. And is this one of those programs where you just you're paying a monthly amount and then you get to interact and write letters with and you get to see your your child? Absolutely. Yeah, it is really really cool because now you can do email. Uh, you can do letters. Uh, we always send uh, gifts around Christmas time of financial gift, and they take the kids out shopping so they get what they actually need. And then you get pictures of the kids with stuff that they need for families. They have, we've had kids get goats, cows, clothing. It's just a great, great program, and I, I'm a big believer in it. That's neat because it's a cause you can uh, – it's tangible. You can see your child or the children that you're sponsoring, and you can watch them grow, and you hear back from them. So that is that is fantastic. And and it makes it makes a big difference in life because they have a rich American that cares about them. You know, whether – I don't care what, what income level you're at. You're rich compared to these kids that you're, you're sponsoring. And so, you know, that means everything to them. You know, I've got to visit two of my sponsored kids – um, you are the richest person they are ever going to know, whether you realize it or not. And so whether no matter what your income level level are, you are rich compared to the kids that you're going to be sponsoring. What a great way of looking at it. And so, again, if you want to look Scott up on Facebook, Scott Oltoff, spell your last name. So if somebody wants to look you up and follow you and uh, learn more about World Vision or your run, that would be great. Spell that for us. It's O-L-T-H. O-F-F as in Frank. Black Hills Ultra Marathon in late June. Thank you, Scott. Have a great week and good luck with all your training. Thank you. All right, that's the show. Good run with Scott Oltoff. Got a comment or question? My email is steve at holstein.co. That's steve at H-O-L-S-T-E-I-N.co. There's a link in the show notes of whatever podcast app you're listening with. And if you are listening in an app, and you haven't already, please press the subscribe or follow button so each episode arrives automatically. All right, I'm Steve Holstein. This was the Holstein & Company podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and have a good run.